Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch, chop, retrofit. Chelsea, uh, we, I think we could use some good news. Oh yeah, um, I got a new used car today. A new used car, and by what means did you get said car? Carvana. We're plugging Carvana right now. Send us some money. Send us some money. <laughs> and the experience overall? Was fucking amazing. Um, start to finish, super easy, straightforward. No bullshit. Yeah. And nobody called me honey. Yeah. So I was happy about that. Very good. But this is not a modern convenience podcast. Welcome to season nine, episode 18 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs like us decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is on a clear day. You can see Travis, (laughs) (laughs) a.k.a. Chaplin Travman, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Larry, my brother Travis, and my other brother Travis. Very nice. And I am joined, as always, here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Marishon, a.k.a. Decisions Decisions, a.k.a. Legally Shawned 2, Red, White, and Shawned. Nice. <laughs> also in our third seat, Chop Shop Regulator, Chell is for Heroes, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Hot Chellians, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Papa Chelf. <laughs> nice. I'm here for it. Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies. Sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors. And then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Um, it needs therapy. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed for 92 years. And that brings us into our first segment. This is going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try to pay attention to stories that pertain to the world of cinema or uh, our show in particular or just stories that you, the chop shoppers out there, might uh find interesting and unfortunately this week we do have to start it off with three rips and i'm going to start with the heavy rip to ed asner emmy winning star of lou grant and up dies at 91 uh best known as the gruff newsman he first played on the mary tyler moore show he was also busy a busy character actor and a political activist um a unashamed socialist yeah okay so once again rest in peace and rest in power to him well can i make a correction yeah because it's been getting a lot of traction on twitter and his daughter tweeted on his behalf she said that he is a socialist but more in terms of human rights and she said humanist is a better term so oh that's that's well put yeah all right i like that and uh, next up, this is also very sad. Matthew Mindler, uh, the actor who was a child actor in Our Idiot Brother. You guys remember the Paul Rudd vehicle? Yeah. Uh, yep. Was found dead by suicide. And his mother is speaking out about his struggles with anxiety. Apparently, he was tortured by anxiety, uh, especially leading up to that event. Yeah, and, and he was like horrible. missing on campus or off mm-hmm. campus. They found him near the campus. Yeah. So unfortunate. It is. Rest in peace and rest in power. Finally, I'm going to really try to pronounce this right. Uh, rest in peace and rest in power to Mikis Theodorakis. 
It's a Greek name. I like that one. I'm doing my best. I think that's pretty good. Uh, He was the composer and a Marxist rebel. Interesting, uh, interesting parallels there with some of our RIPs. Also, I heard that uh, Matthew Midler was a straight-up communist. (laughs) (laughs) The composer has died at the age of 96. Known for his film music, he also waged a war of words and music against the military junta that banned his work and imprisoned him during its rule of Greece. Wow. And that comes to us from the New York Times. So he did Zorba the Greek, he did Serpico. And uh, multiple other standouts, none that are on the tip of my tongue, but all three of those figures rest in peace rest in power moving it on francis ford coppola willing to spend 100 million dollars of his own money to get his dream project megalopolis made have you heard of this i did not hear about this until this past week and okay hey man if you're gonna self-fund it more power to you i mean he's got the money oh yeah and he would probably get a pretty pretty good return on it as long as he was willing to be flexible about um hybrid release uh so news broke in april of 2019 that francis ford coppola was finally gearing up to direct his decades in the making passion project megalopolis the science fiction epic was written in the early 1980s but always took a back seat to coppola's other projects so we'll see how that develops next up russell crowe's new direction project poker face Poker face, poker face is shut down by onset coronavirus case. Production of the thriller Poker Face, directed by and starring Russell Crowe, has been shut down in Australia by a confirmed coronavirus case among the film's crew. I heard that the uh, director gave it to the star. I heard that uh, Russell Crowe got drunk and tried to fist fight coronavirus. He threw a phone at coronavirus. (laughs) Uh, next, Mission Impossible 7 shutdowns trigger COVID-19 insurance lawsuit. Paramount sued its insurer on Monday for refusing to cover the vast majority of its losses due to pandemic-related shutdowns on Mission Impossible 7. It's it's new uncharted territory, uh, but the, the job of an insurance company is to try to figure out every way not to pay you. Oh, yeah. That's been my experience. So, uh, we'll once again, we'll follow that and see what happens in this Will we? thrilling, Will thrilling we? story about Mission Impossible 7. And finances. Yes. Uh, <laughs> next, David Oyelowo is to produce The Rocketeer. David Oyelowo is to produce The Rocketeer reboot for Disney. Am I not saying it right? I, I'm, I'm just impressed by that name. That's his name. It's pronounced Oyelowo. I always re- remind myself that it sounds like O Yellow Wolf uh-huh. without the F. By the way, fuck this remake. Yeah, fuck that. Why would you? Why would you remake something that's nearly perfect? Borat breakout star Maria Bakalova has been cast in a rom com called The Honeymoon. The Oscar-nominated actress will star in the feature from director Dean Craig, which Endeavor Content and CAA will be selling worldwide. I'm so, really interested in seeing this because I enjoyed her in uh-huh. in that Borat film. And she went from being literally unknown to being an Academy Award nominee. Right. And th- so this will be the telltale. Was it lightning in a bottle right. or is she going to have a prolonged career? I think it's pretty cool. And that is going to wrap us up for movie news for this week. Do you guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hiya, Chop Shoppers. 
I'm surprised you got through the episode without mentioning that Elliot Gould was married to Barbara. Hello, gorgeous. Eh, maybe that was intentional. You guys might know James Frawley if you saw him. I recognized him from a couple of episodes of The Monkees. Aftermash starred Harry Morgan, Jamie Farr, and William Christopher. It lasted two seasons. Never heard of it, to be honest. It was my man, Mr. Tony Bennett, who Bob and Carol and Ted and Alice were going to see in Vegas. Elliot Gould was Harry Greenberg in Bugsy. Time for my not-so-long goodbye. See y'all next time. All right. Thank you, Dana. Uh, We certainly appreciate that. And it is uh, kind of interesting and coincidental that you mention Elliot Gould and Barbara because she's going to she's going to come up later in this episode. So that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode in celebration of his 92nd birthday on September 5th, the film's of Bob fucking Newhart. Can we? Yeah. Oh my God. I love him. All right. So tell us a little bit. I mean, I think everybody out there is familiar with who he is. He's He started out as a character actor and then achieved considerable fame in multiple TV series. I think you'll find he just started out as a comedian. Right. And also there's a lot of information about like odd jobs that he did prior to finding any success Mm -hmm. as a uh, an accountant. (laughs) A very loosey-goosey accountant. Right. (laughs) Uh, So Chelsea. Yeah. So I don't, I found Bob in a really weird way. So my mom used to work uh, as a- blindfolded? (laughs) as a as a nurse and she would work strange hours and on the weekends like friday night to whatever i would wait up for her and i would watch nick at night okay and the bob newhart show would come on and i fell in love we should clarify that there was a much earlier television program a variety show called the bob newhart show but we're talking about the sitcom in which he plays dr Dr. robert Robert hartley Uh, clever, clever yeah. character name there. And tell us more. Um, became obsessed. And then Nick at Night did this commercial where it was the theme song and they just kept saying Bob Newhart over and over and over. <laughs> There's like multiple tapes of me singing this. And I just had this like strange obsession with yeah. him from the time I was like six or seven. And it's ongoing. Ongoing. I love him. We should, uh, since this is an audio medium, we should tell the listeners that you've got props and uh, <laughs> gear. Yeah, so I have the Papa Elf Funko Pop. Uh-huh. And I have an autographed photo from Bob that my mom got me for Christmas and I screamed and cried when I opened it. And? And my t-shirt. Your it's... sweet, sweet t-shirt. So uh, we'll take some pictures of those and throw yeah. them up on the uh, on the podcast Instagram to go along with this. We also um, pre-gamed a little bit by listening to a vinyl record of his. It's the sequel to his debut stand-up album, right? The, mm-hmm. the button-downed mind of Bob Newhart and then the button down mind returns strikes back strikes back yeah very funny stuff i enjoyed it thoroughly and thank you for letting me borrow that oh absolutely it also proves proved to me that my record player it's still a piece of shit but it's not quite as much of a piece of shit as i thought i think i was just playing warped records (laughs) so all of that being said um i'm excited about this episode i really enjoyed um some of the 
the research that we had to do this week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Bob's uh, body of work is mostly television. Right. So finding his films was a little bit of a challenge. Right. It, it is a limited uh, catalog. A lot of supporting work. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, there's going to be a lot of uh, kind of like a hodgepodge of different types mm -hmm. of films that we're going to be talking about today, which is kind of neat. It is. And uh, with that being said, should we go ahead and get into our next segment? Let's yeah. do it. It's the Midnight Double Feature, and this is where we go around the panel and we each talk about two films that we have pre-selected that relate to our topic at hand, this week being the great Bob Newhart. So, Chelsea, what did you decide to go with for your double feature? So my first film is from 1980, and it I, I hadn't seen this until, I don't know, probably a month or two ago. Been longer than that, but yeah, we watched it for oh, the show. God. This SNL. Oh yeah. Episode. So it's called First Family. It stars Bob Newhart. Ah, okay. Gilda Radner, Madeline Kahn. Oh my God, the cast nice. is amazing. Who was the guy that wrote it? <laughs> You're asking me. I don't know. Oh, Some... Buck Henry. Sorry. Okay. Oh, we'll be talking about Buck Henry a little bit later. Mm -hmm. So he wrote it. it. It's hilarious. Okay. Bob is the president, which I'm here for. I gotta watch. I vote. I vote for him every day. In your heart. Yes. Your Madeline Hart. Madeline Kahn is just drunk the whole time. As was probably the case. Yeah. And Gilda Radner, who played their daughter, was just trying to hump everybody. <laughs> Gets a little bit racist towards the end. Okay. But it's it's nineteen eighty. Yeah. You're my birth. And your mom was telling you that uh, it was a spoof of Gerald Ford's presidency? No, I said I wondered oh, if okay. this is making fun of somebody. And both you and her speculated yeah. that it... Okay, I'd have to watch it to yeah. form my own opinion. But the the timing would correspond with the transition from Carter to Reagan. So maybe, maybe not the setting. Is it, When is it supposed to be set? It, present day. Okay. So I'm pairing that with... 2003's Legally Blonde 2 in which Bob makes an I'm not saying it <laughs> Bob makes an appearance and uh, I mean it's a cute movie but First right. Family is way better yeah and I think that the first Legally Blonde is better than oh yeah I agree but this, this one. one just has more political ties uh -huh. and Bob and that's how you uh... so DC is your connective tissue yeah okay all right Sounds good. Over to you, Sean. All right. I'm going to do 1977's The Rescuers uh -huh. from Disney. Um, <clears throat> Bob Newhart voiced the part of Bernard. It's a dog? Is that a dog? Mouse. mouse. A mouse. Okay. I know, there's, I know there's mice in it. I've seen it. I've seen the sequel. Sequel's terrible. It's just been a very long time. Uh, yes. Uh, Bob Newhart is the voice of Bernard. Uh, Ava Gabor is the voice of Miss Bianca. Mm -hmm. And uh, they are part of the Rescue Aid Society, which is a group of mice who live underneath the United Nations and have their own agenda. That's cool. They get a SOS-type message in a bottle from a young girl who's being held against her will uh, by Madame Medusa. And she's voiced by Geraldine Page. Um, also features Orville the Albatross, which was a pretty cool character. Um, I saw this in the theaters when I was a kid. Okay, um, it's it's a fun. Um, you didn't mention that it's animated. It the is animated. Might not 
I'm follow sorry. Did I not that say these I'm mice sorry. Are, are rescuing people from under the UN? <laughs> that it's an animated. Movie. Yes, it's animated. And uh, interestingly enough, I watched it this past week, and uh, it's a very sketchy style of animation. Uh-huh. Like if you pause the screen, you can see a lot of the like uh, draftsman's right. type line work, which is really unusual for Disney. They go for a more polished look. We should also mention that this spawned a TV series as well. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. No, that was Chippendale. They were chipmunks. Chipmunks, mice, come on. It's a great theme song. Mammalia Rodentia. Anywho's, uh, it was child-friendly suspense. It was child-friendly peril, Mm -hmm. which was kind of cool. You know, there's a certain sophistication on that. And also, as I mentioned to you earlier in this week, the reason it works so well to me is that you have the seductive voice of Ava Gabor against the stammering, uptight, okay, you know, Bob Newhart. So you have this really neat foil between yeah. the two. So that was cool. I'm pairing that with 1990s uh, Rescuers Down Under, mm-hmm. which is a piece of shit cash grab mm-hmm. from Disney. There is a suspicious lack of Bob and Ava in this movie. Like, like maybe they took cut lines from the first one maybe because yeah. there, I, I swear it's probably like about 10 minutes worth of dialogue if that mm-hmm. and much of the film is comprised of silliness among non-integral characters just being ridiculous there's a weird there's a weird lack of australian accents among almost all the characters except for the kangaroo mouse mm-hmm. um mm. it, it's just it's a piece of shit but All right. I felt the need to pair it because it is the sequel. It's another Bob. And they haven't made a Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie yet. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> right, yet. They haven't yet, okay? Okay. All right. So my double feature is going to be uh, two movies that involve uh, kind of financial fraud and shenanigans. The first one is called Hot Millions from 1968. It was directed by Eric Till, and it's got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes. This British caper follows Marcus Pendleton, played by Peter Ustinov, a con man just out of prison. After assuming the identity of a computer whiz, Pendleton leads, lands a corporate job and starts smuggling money into fake companies he has set up throughout Europe. Meanwhile, Pendleton has fallen for the secretary, Patty, played by Maggie Smith. Maggie Smith was hot in this. Yes. It's, um, it was surprising to me. I didn't know she used to be hot, but she was. When he finds out Patty is pregnant, he escapes with her to Rio. Unfortunately, Pendleton's scheme has been uncovered and his boss is hot on his trail. Now, this is one of those where, unfortunately, Bob Newhart has a fairly minor role. Uh, He doesn't show up considerably, uh, but he's still, when he's on, on camera, he steals scenes. So I'm going to pair that with Little Miss Marker uh, from 1980, and it was directed by Walter Bernstein of the Bernstein Bears. And <laughs> and this one I enjoyed quite a bit more than uh, than Hot Millions, even though the other one is is a perfectly decent movie. Uh, in the 1930s. Cantankerous bookie Sorrowful Jones, played by Walter Matthau, reluctantly takes a young child, Sarah Stimson, who's adorable, Sarah Stimson, as collateral for a wager, but finds 
that he's stuck with the adorable waif when her penniless father drowns himself, when Joan's mafia boss, nemesis Blackie, played by Tony Curtis, forces him to be a partner in an illegal casino hidden in the home of indebted heiress Amanda, played by Julie Andrews, he struggles to outmaneuver the dangerous kingpin, all the while making a bumbling attempt at fatherhood. Really, really cute story. We've seen the the dynamic before, the 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 story arc before. Um, it's almost an odd couple, if you will. Oh. But the um, I liked the repartee between um, Mathau and uh, Sound of Music, Julie Andrews. Yeah. But I also did not buy her attraction to him. Oh. So so where does Bob fit into the? Oh, see, so he is the. Um, yeah, where does Bob fit in? Oh, he's the assistant to um, Walter Matthau. He's like his right-hand man, and he's got some really, really dry delivery on a lot of his lines, as is his style. Uh, he has more of a part in this than he does in Hot Millions. All right, so that's going to wrap us up on that Midnight Double feature, bringing us to our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a pre-selected film, and we talk about it a little bit. And how much we loved every part of it. And uh, then we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors. And the first one, um, it was it was not great. It was not good. Uh, it no. somehow has a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's a fucking lie. On a clear day, you can see forever. You can't. From 1970. Directed by Vincente Minnelli who was uh, married to Judy Garland for a time and uh, fathered Liza Minnelli. And he also directed Lust for Life, The Pirate, Meet Me in St. Louis, and he won an Academy Award for Gigi. So in this film, this musical, Daisy Gamble, played by Barbara, uh, decides that she'll give hypnosis a try to help her stop smoking at the request of her fiance. While hypnotized, she discloses to her psychiatrist, Mark, played by Yves Montand, that she is the reincarnation of a 19th century seductress named Lady Melinda Winifred Wayne Tentrees. Mark soon falls in love with Daisy's former self, while Daisy in turn falls for Mark. But when she realizes that Mark is only interested in Lady Melinda, however, she pulls away. And we're not going to spoil the oh so clever final scene of the movie but uh it was it was kind of trash yeah it, it was um and you know her her very buttoned down fiance who yes. we'll talk about in, in the recast was very condescending to her femininity mm -hmm. uh -huh. as was uh dr chabot now remind me um Bob Newhart is the subject of our episode, but he plays Dr. Mason Hume. Now, how does he... I know that he's he's not in it very much. He, he shows up an hour and 17 minutes uh, into the film. And I sent you a screenshot. I got but, it. Uh, remind me, um, what is his role? He's um, French doctor's like... Colleague? He's, he's like no, a, he's, he's like on the board. He, or... he, he's he's higher, higher up. up. Yeah, okay. yeah. The administration. He's, he's, yeah. Yes, okay. My supervisor. All right. Um, so, did I mention that she's clairvoyant? So, if she's clairvoyant, wouldn't she already 
know what was going to happen in no. this in this she thing. doesn't control would that she, would she not know that the hypnosis wasn't going to work for the smoking would she not know that she was going to reveal her past lives i don't know have you ever been hypnotized yes did it work uh um, I would say somewhat. Chelsea's been hypnotized. Oh, and? God. It, this was in Vegas. Uh huh. Did it work? Yep. Nice. Embarrassingly so. Apparently. Okay. Well, I uh, I didn't go full under, but it definitely did put me in a more relaxed and uh, let's say, let's just say relaxed, a relaxed mood. I gave a blowjob to a chair in Ooh. front of an audience. Ooh. That's relaxed. <laughs> That's super relaxed. Oh, wow. Only in Vegas. Right? So the roles that we're going to recast, we've got Daisy Gamble, a.k.a. Melinda Lady Ten Trees, played by Barbara Streisand, who was 28 at the time. We've got Marc Chabot. Chabot or Chabot? I would say Chabot. Chabot, because he's French. I by... thought it, it should be that, but didn't they... Keep calling him Shabbat. I don't know. I've forgotten. This Yves Montand, uh, who was 49 <laughs> at the time. Warren Pratt, played by Larry Blyden. And that is her buttoned down husband who wants her to go do the hypnosis to quit smoking, right? And yeah, Larry Blyden. Well, no, that is who he is. I don't remember him suggesting that. But no, he wants her to uh, integrate into society Oh, okay. He has the, the mentality he... of women should be seen, not, not heard. heard. Yeah, okay. Yep. Very so he's a dick. So. Yep. Uh, and then Bobby Bob's New Hearts uh, as Dr. Mason Hume, who we mentioned before is a higher up of the psychiatrist played by Warren. Oh, sorry. Mark Chabot. All right. So that being said, let's go ahead and recast this. Firefire. Wonderful piece of cinema. All right. Well, oh, before we jump into it. It's billed as a musical. Uh-huh. The the musical numbers are so far spaced out, it does not feel like a musical. It doesn't it really qualify. It feels like people randomly singing when mm -hmm. the mood strikes, yeah. which is really, really disconcerting. Well, it's that's also how I live my life. Uh, but I will say that this is the crutch of... The crux, rather, the crux of this uh, dilemma and experiment that we do is that in order to have a fresh look at a movie... We have to have not seen it before. And then, oh, yeah. And then sometimes, like you said, they are tire fires. Oh, and this happens to be one. Mm -hmm. So first up, we've got the role of Daisy Gamble. Who do you have for this, Chelsea? Uh, so all of Barbara's songs sounded the same. They were slow and boring and stupid. And so I'm going to need a rewrite. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need to bring some hype and some rock and roll. So my actress can sing. She was in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, Spy Kids 2, Underdog. I went with Taylor Mumpson. Taylor Mumpson, uh, pretty pretty reckless. Yep. That's a pretty reckless choice there. Well, I don't care. This movie was shit, so. No, that's the name of her band. The Pretty Reckless, right? Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. Good, good call. All right. Over to you, Sean. Who is your Melinda? All right, I'm going to lean on Chelsea's crutch of casting actors and actresses I don't like uh, for this. I am Did going... you use John Hamm? No, <laughs> no John Hamm. <laughs> As Barbara Streisand's character. Uh, no, I went with a 30-year-old actress who claims that she can sing, um, although I've never heard her sing myself. Uh, she was in We're the Millers, uh, The Art of Getting By, Nerve, Aquamarine, as well as all the American Horror Story shit. I went with Emma Roberts. 
Emma Roberts. Okay, I haven't heard her sing either, um, but I also went with an actress who can sing, and I have heard her sing in movies like Across the Universe. Uh, Ooh, she's also in Westworld and Kajillionaire. Her name is Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. I like it. She could use a diversion right now. Right. Next up, we've got Marc Chabot, the psychiatrist, played by Yves Montand, who was 49. Chelsea, who's your pick? My actor was in was in The Pianist. Mm -hmm. The Pianist. The Grand Budapest Hotel and Detachment. I went with Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody's a good choice for this. He'd be serious. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, also yeah. like could put in some good one-liners, like liven this up a little bit. Right on. Also, I want to hear him sing. Yes. Uh, over to you, Sean. I went with a 51-year-old French actor. Um, he was in The Bryce Man. He was in The Wolf of Wall Street. He was in the very bad OSS 117 reboot. Um, but he was in the uh, movie that the Academy Awards just loved because it sucked them off and made them feel great. He was in The Artist. I went with Jean Desjardins. Uh-huh. Jean Desjardins. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that means John of the Garden. The artist. Um, so I did not go with a Frenchman. I went with somebody who can play a Frenchman. He is 49 now. He was in movies like Talladega Nights, <laughs> Les Miserables, and Sweeney Todd, and Borat. I went with Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Next up. We've got the role of Warren Pratt, played by Larry Blyden, who was 45. Chelsea, who's your pick? Also, it's funny that you'd recast him, because that's who I recast in oh, this really? role. Oh, really? For the Larry Blyden? Awesome! Because how condescending he is yes. to her, he, he could do it funnier. Awesome. And not feel as offensive. That's cool. That's cool. All right. Cool. <laughs> I was a 45-year-old actor um, who I don't like. It's well publicized that I don't. Um, he was in The Beguiled. He was in SWAT. He was in In Bruges. Mm -hmm. He was in The Lobster. I went with Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell's kind Ooh, of an asshole. I don't yeah. like him either. But he's going to be the penguin in The Batman, right? Yeah. Isn't he going to be the penguin? <clears throat> That's what I hear. Yeah. I, I, That's yeah. gross. All right. My, uh, my actor can be condescending. He's 45 now. <laughs> nope. Uh, he's in movies like American Pie, Goon, and Road Trip. I went with Sean William Scott. Sean William oh, Scott okay. is going to be my... And it's, it's going to be a character study for him. All right. We got one more. Dr. Mason Hume, Bob Newhart, was 41. Chelsea? Uh, my actor was in Legally Blonde 2, Elf, The Rescuers. I went with Bob Newhart. You recast Bob Newhart as Bob Newhart. Yes. Got to keep him working. I love it. He would love to. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 still doing it. Uh, over to you, Sean. I went with a 41-year-old actor. This is where I depart from my cast, and I went with an actor who I actually liked out of reverence for Bob Newhart. Okay. Um, he was in Old School. He was in uh, A Serious Man. He was in Florence Foster Jenkins, and he shared some screen time with Bob Newhart on The Big Bang Theory. I went with Simon Helberg. Oh, I recently recast him. Yes. Good job. All right, well, my pick is 41 now as well. He was in, I was kind of disappointed by this movie, As Above, So Below. It was supposed to be like a groundbreaking horror. I kind of like, I mean, I liked the concept right, of it. Right, right. Uh, Big Hero 6 
and Cloverfield. His name is Ben Feldman. Ben Feldman is my dude. Okay. Nice. So, any final thoughts on a clear day you can see on on a clear day you can see forever? Skip it. I mean, like, pay for it for Bob. Yeah. But it was two hours and seven minutes long. Correct. Just fast forward to one hour and seventeen minutes, just and then you'll be Bob. you'll be fine. And now you have uh, now you just have that movie still like a NFT forever and ever. <laughs> I'm going to make it the background on my computer. It might not be high enough resolution. I don't care. Uh, all right. So that's going to bring us into intermission, but not before we say, let's, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some pancakes with Vermont maple syrup Mm-mm. and some brain candy. I love Bob. And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM, The Shop, with Travisito, the brew boss, and me, Chelsea, the regulator, where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies. All All morning morning long. (laughs) And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah! Hallelujah. Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck. Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger. Trontastic Ron. I'm going to rip his face off. Woo! And the defending champ. Little Thanos. You ain't got nothing, brother. I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition. So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail, where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemachopshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Watch Chop Retrofit.
All right, welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during all of that. And when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And we have a couple. We tried one during the first half that came from a, a local brewery right up out of Hartsville, South Carolina. Wild Heart Brewing. Wild Bob New Hearts Brewing. Well, they are new, so yes. it's kind of a new heart. Damn. So listen, we have to give a shout out to my coworker, Farrell. Yes. Picking it up for us. Very for nice. For the win. For the win. Thank you, Farrell. And also, we're going to do another shout out here uh, real quick while we... Do we want to go mention that beer? No, go ahead and do your okay. shout out. All right. We're giving a shout out to Andrew uh, because he sent a care package directly to the shop. <laughs> and it was some things that we've talked about here on the show. Most recently, Swiss chalet sauce, which oh, uh, oh. I had never had before. Oh. And... Uh, you folks, you and uh, Sean and Allie, were so uh, gracious to make us a dinner, a chicken wrap and fries dinner where you dip the wrap in the Swiss chalet sauce. And it was so good. There's a picture of it on our Instagram. But once again, shout out to Andrew for that. Uh, we hope you're holding it down up there in Ontario. Woo woo. And uh, okay, so this next beer that we're going to have is kind of on theme as well. It's called Two Hearted Ale. And this one's been around for a while, not necessarily this can, but this beer has. And uh, for a while, it was considered a very proper, good IPA. Um, how do you think it holds up over these years? Um, so Bell's Two-Hearted has always been a very decent beer. This can, I don't know what the date is on it, so it's a little malty. Yeah, I couldn't tell exactly. I think they intentionally... Um, What's the word? Dis deface? The, I don't know. But this, this, is a, this is like a 19.3 ounce can. It's a long boy. And it came to us uh, from the Wall of Beer up in Clemson, South Carolina, where I stopped and gave, th gave them some seminar brewing samples. And guess what they did? They let me put a Cinema Chop Shop sticker on their sticker wall. Woo -woo! So we're famous. So we're going to welcome all the new fans that we have from up yonder. Yep. God's country. So with that, we're going to go ahead and go into our next segment, which is the 2021 movie marathon. I made a little bit of progress this week. It is, as of this recording, the 247th day of the year. I'm on 231, which is also the name of the nightclub where I met my lovely wife, Michelle. <laughs> Ooh. I'm on 278. I am on 311, which is the name of a band that sings a song that gets stuck in my head a lot. Is it Amber is the Color of My Energy? Um, yes. Thank you. <laughs> uh, all right. So what's your first check-in going to be, Chelsea? So listen, I have not watched a ton of movies this week. I'm going to piggyback off of Sean's. Oh. oh That's fair. Okay. Over yeah. to you, Sean. Um, you've already talked about this. Uh, I watched Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Uh -huh. Um the only thing I really can add to it is that uh, Scarlet, the character I was asking you about, was played by Samara Weaving. Ah, uh, okay. Which I hope this movie does well enough to give her a uh, little standalone kind of origins movie as well. I like her. I don't think I like her quite as much as you, but she also, like, I conflate her with other actresses. Um, much like Chippendale Rescue Rangers down well, under. Well, <laughs> she is a little bit of like a chameleon. Yeah, that's She that's can true. sort of go into the background. Uh -huh. It's her, but yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. All right. So um, 
overall? Did you like the action of it? I thought the action was very well done. Mm-hmm. It was pretty to look at. It was um, superior to some other installments in that oh, franchise. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but I, I like their their scenes of Tokyo at night with like the really cool neon glitzy. There's some really visually some stunning uh-huh. stuff. But at the end of the day, I could not tell you what the name of that clan was. I couldn't tell you the name of that mystic stone. Right. I can't tell you anything about what the plot was, which was really inconsequential. Right. And I don't, you say I talked about it recently. I said, man, Nicolas Cage sure has stayed in shape. Because <laughs> he was in that movie called Snake Eyes. Um, my first check-in is going to be called McCartney 321. This is number 222 for me. It's from 2021. And this is about Paul McCartney. And it's a sit-down interview style slash jam session with him and Rick Rubin, legendary music producer Rick Rubin. Uh, The description from their website, Paul McCartney sits down for an in-depth one-on-one with music producer Rick Rubin to discuss his groundbreaking work with the Beatles, the emblematic 1970s arena rock of Wings, and his 50-plus years as a solo artist. And I liked it. What's not to like, you know? Rick Rubin yeah. needs a haircut, though, <laughs> like real bad. Um, all right. So I watched Catch-22 okay. for the first time ever. And uh, all-star cast, great script. I think Buck Henry is a legendary comic writer. Uh-huh. And uh, he's also in the film. And uh, I thought it was pretty good. I've, I have not read Catch-22, the novel. Chelsea has. I have. And I also watched this movie recently for the first time. Heller? Something yeah. Heller? Yeah, I can't Joseph think of that. Yeah. Joseph Heller. I've read the book, but not seen the movie. So at f- my knee-jerk reaction was, like, the book is so much better, and this is done better, and mm-hmm. there are parts where the book does do it better, but I had been thinking about it, and I was like, shit, that's a pretty good adaptation, because I can't there, get this movie out of my head. Are there other adaptations of it? I don't... Oh, I don't, Catch-22. There's a TV, a TV sh- series yeah. that was okay. done, and I think that uh, um, 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 George Clooney had something to do with it. I Interesting. I don't know if he was in it or producer, but uh, my, my biggest takeaway... thought it was the sequel to Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> my biggest takeaway from the movie, though, uh, when he's dealing with uh, the airman who dies that kind yeah. of haunts him, there's that scene where he keeps flashing back to it, and um, there's a gore effect. Okay. That... For the to, time. To me is better than any gore effect in horror movies before and many years after it's so fast and it hits you and boy it just lasers right into the back of your okay your eyes and uh for that i give it super high marks i I liked it i thought it was pretty good this is uh definitely one that i need to uh Mm -hmm. watch for sure i think think it's on prime i liked i liked that effect as well but those scenes were the most problematic for me because early on in the film it's not very clear and it's clear in the book and you're like what the fuck is the timeline of this right it's kind of skewed a little bit Mm -hmm. that's my biggest problem with it it's almost like a situation where you can't win for losing (laughs) but honestly honestly like i'm still sitting here thinking about it almost over a week later damned if you do damned if you don't Mm -hmm. I have uh, another one. I got to watch this movie with my parents. It's called Respect. And it is the Aretha Franklin biopic. 
starring uh, Kate Hudson, who was stellar in this. I felt like it started off a little bit slow and there was some definite murkiness to some details. But then when they hit the second act and, and moved it on in, uh, they really found their stride. Uh, Marlon Wayans was really good, as was Forrest Whitaker as her uh, reverend father. Have you guys had a chance to see this one yet? Have not yet. Not? Okay, it's it's pretty damn good. Worth a watch, eh? Yeah, and and it was one that me and my parents both liked, except my dad's completely deaf. He had it on full blast volume, and he was like, <laughs> have you seen this movie before? Why do you keep talking? <laughs> you got one more? No. All right, I'm so like... I, I have one more, but it's a very short review. Okay. Uh, this is number 227 for me. It's called Monkey Business. Starring um, the Marx Brothers. Oh, and okay. I give it four out of five Marks <laughs> <laughs> because four of them are in it and one of them's not. They had, there was one who quit the quit the business and when he was drafted for World War II and then just became a successful businessman. I think it was Gummo, Gummo Marx, and then but later he came back when Zappo quit. Uh, real convoluted history of uh, Marxism. <laughs> so with that we're gonna go ahead and go to the recast continued part two the sequel redux and this is a superior film um i enjoyed it thoroughly i had seen chunks of it before but this was the first time sitting down watching it in its entirety and some of these performances are so over the top and our man bob gets some good screen time in yes he does the main antagonist uh so it's called cold turkey from 1971 directed by norman lear who is primarily known as a tv producer right he produced shows like all in the family maude sanford and sons the jeffersons and good times as well as did you guys know that there was a 2021 revival of good times on netflix no no maybe it's not out yet but that's what i read it's got a 60 percent on rotten tomatoes should be a little bit higher yeah like chelsea was saying there is no justice in this world there's not when on a clear day you can see forever you fucking can't (laughs) (laughs) all right so here's our our uh plot in the depressed town of eagle rock reverend brooks played by dick van dyke spearheads his community's effort to rise to the cold turkey challenge, the Valiant Tobacco Company has promised a twenty-five thousand dollar cash 25 prize. Twenty-five million. It says twenty-five thousand. Right. Twenty-five here. million. All right. Well, a large, somewhere in the twenty-fives, cash prize to any town in America that can quit smoking for thirty days. So Brooks leads the charge in this battle of the butts, hoping to become a local hero in the process. However, when ad executive Merwin Wren, played by Bob Newhart, shows up to undermine his efforts, this wicked comedy kicks into high gear. And it does get very fast-paced. There's a lot of kerfuffle. And would you would you agree? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, you know, digging deep into this, some of the people we're not recasting. You know, Gene Stapleton's in this, who is Edith Bunker, right? So that was kind of interesting. Uh, the connection to Norman Lear, the Bob and Ray comedy team yes they play all the news anchors they play all the news anchors which you and i were talking about this week they're they're spoofs of uh of, walter uh, chronic walter cronkite <laughs> uh you know all of the guys that uh, were of the times there's just some really really good character acting mm-hmm. going on that kind of adds to the uh the whole tapestry of this movie and so one thing that we should mention a pretty pretty big plot detail is that reverend brooks 
is maybe on the radio or the television overhears an interview with a psychologist and he the psychologist suggests that uh, a good way to wean yourself off of cigarettes is every time you have the craving for a cigarette this is for married listeners only oh yeah they married were very explicit listeners only uh, engage in the act of marital love dick van dyke uh really lives up to his name and <laughs> just like she barely has time to compose herself before he comes back home he's like ready to go yeah, and then she starts taking her clothes back yeah, off yeah. and gets in the bed yeah that was really funny all right so the roles that we are going to recast we've got the role of reverend brooks played by dick van dyke and he was 46 at the time We've got Merwin Wren, played by Bob Newhart, who was 42 at the time. A very conniving, very underhanded. Um, I think he had fun with this role. I think so, too. Yeah, I think and he the, really enjoyed it. The opening, not the opening scene, but one of the first scenes we see him in, he's got the ear of the decrepit old tobacco president. And he's feeding him, literally and figuratively, ideas and food. Um and that's how he's able to pull off this pitch. Uh, so then we've got uh, Pippa Scott playing Natalie Brooks, who's the uh, wife of Reverend Clayton Brooks. And then finally, Mr. Edgar Stopworth, played by the great Tom Poston, the late great Tom Poston, who also collaborated with Bob Newhart on quite a few of his TV shows. Newhart. Newhart and yeah. also uh, the show Bob and Ted and Leo. I think he was on those as well. Chelsea, who is your Reverend Clayton Brooks? My actor has been in The Proposal, Deadpool, and Free Guy, I went with Ryan Reynolds. Oh, that's a pretty good choice. Pretty there good. is something about Dick Van Dyke's smile that reminds me of Ryan Reynolds. Like, and, they're both super charming. And just, he's definitely in the right age range. Yeah, he is. Um, just beautiful humans. Yep. Ugh. Over to you, Sean. <laughs> Having um, a hard right. time, huh? <laughs> I'm going to pull a Joey Pool on this one. So, you know, keeping in my theme. <laughs> Reimagining this for today... Uh, the Pfizer Corporation has charged, uh, put out a challenge for any town that can get 100% COVID vaccinated. I thought okay. you were going to do something with Viagra. No, no, no. That's much more relevant. No. Uh -huh. But, uh, you know. No, I mean, the, the COVID vaccine is more relevant. So, yes. I like uh, it. <clears throat> anybody who can, you know, any town that can get 100% vaccinated. So, my pastor is going to be like an ecumenical kind mm -hmm. of uh, well-minded pastor. Yes. Who believes in science and does not believe in the line of bullshit, but has to convince his congregation that, you know, believe in the medicine. Uh, I'm with an actor who has that kind of plasticity of his face and uh, and can do the comedy. Uh, he's uh, he's from uh, the Angry Birds movie. He was in uh, uh, Colossal. He was in We're the Millers. He was in Ted Lasso. It's uh, Jason <laughs> Sudeikis. Oh, Jason Sudeikis is a good pick. I love him. Yeah, he does definitely have the um, a similar vibe to Dick Van Dyke. Right. All right, well, my actor is 45 now. He was in Colossal, Booksmart, and Ted Lasso. His name is Jason Sudeikis. Are you fucking kidding me? Boom, boom. Awesome. That's cute. <laughs> I have proof. Love it. All right, we got uh, next, we got Merwin Wren, played by Bob Newhart, who was 42 at the time. 
And Chelsea, your pick? So I aged this up a little bit. Okay. Um, my actor was in Legally Blonde 2, Elf, and The Rescuers. I went with Bob Newhart. Yes. <laughs> nice. I'm I, never, I'm never recasting him. Yeah, I'm I never see. recasting him. Yeah, it's like what, if you wanted to make an homage to Alfred Hitchcock, don't remake one of his movies. Right. Uh, Sean, your pick? Um, I went with a um, 41-year-old actor. Uh, who is in uh, stuff such as uh, the Frozen movies. Mm -hmm. um, On Frozen Ground. Uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Big Mouth. Mm -hmm. and, okay. uh, and Veronica Mars. I went with Kristen Bell. Yes. Okay. That's a switcheroo. I did a little switcheroo, but I like her, and I think she could do the Bob Newhart. Yeah. Like un man. undermining uh, things, the, playing the both sides. Puppeteer of the... ad man. Yeah. All right. Woman. Yep. All right. Well, we did not pick the same person. Okay. Uh, my Marwin, excuse me, Merwin Wren is 43 now. And he was kind of a 90s star. Uh, but he is now 43. He was in Can't Hardly Wait, Empire Records, and Vegas Ooh. Vacation. His name is Ethan Embry. Good pick. I love him. Ethan That's Embry. a good pick. And man. he's got a little bit of yeah. bob. He yeah. does. <laughs> Especially now that he's aged into his face. I like that a lot. That's a good pick, man. All right. Next up, we've got Natalie Brooks, the wife of Reverend Brooks, played by Pippa Scott. And I was not familiar with her. Do we know her from anything else? I, I didn't know not who she really, was. Not really. Not really. I mean, she's a very pretty lady, a little bit of a five head. Little redhead. Um, but... There's nothing wrong with that. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Nothing wrong with the redhead, but the five head, you can do something about hey, that. Hey, I resist. No, that. that's awful. <laughs> All right, so uh, who's your Natalie, Chelsea? So my actress, she needs she needs a comeback. Um, she was pretty big in the late 90s, like mm -hmm. early 2000s. She was in The Girl Next Door, House of Wax, um, something else that I can't find. Well, she's on the ranch, but like, let's be honest, that's a shit show. Mm. I went with uh, Alicia Cuthbert. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. From, from twenty four. That's all you got to say is from twenty four. I don't. Girl next door. Girl next I, door. What I said first. She yeah. um. She really hasn't done anything. She's notoriously no. hard to work with. Okay. Oh, almost is like she? On, like yeah. almost like on an Edward Norton level, huh. but oh. not like artistically. She's just a bitch, but not oh, justified. That's unfortunate. That's I, I that's like what her. I, that's what I've read. I, I don't right. know her. I've never worked yeah. with her. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Who's your Natalie, sir? All right. So I aged her up a little bit, uh, 40 years old, but she does have some face value. She's also a redhead. Um, she was in, funny, we, we were talking about gold not too Ooh. long ago. She was in The Help and she was in the Jurassic Park movies with Bryce Dallas Howard. You like her. I, I love like her. her. I like her, yeah. She is, just for the record, guys, she is not the same person as Jessica Chastain. <laughs> No. No. no not Who the at all. fuck would confuse them? Nobody. That's why I was making it very Apparently clear. Apparently you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my Natalie Brooks is Jessica 36 Chastain. now, and she started as a child actress, but has done some really cool movies throughout her career. She was in Corina Corina, Napoleon <gasps> Dynamite, and Andre. Oh, I her know. Her name is Tina Majorino. Nice. Tina Majorino. I love her. Cool. I think she's really good. You want to so buy, you want to buy still, some barrettes and scrunchies? Listen, yes. have you um, seen Karina Karina? Yes, of course. Okay. Do you, do you still like blow at red lights? Because I do. Oh, no. But I do tap if I go through a yellow light. I tap the ceiling. That's probably not in that movie. It's That's not. Just, 
one thing I do. When I used to smoke cigarettes, I would always flip one um, cigarette over in the pack. Uh, actually, some, <gasps> I did too. Some people would do two, one for good luck, one for a good fuck. No, just one. We got one more role, and it is the role of Mr. Edgar Stopworth. I keep wanting to say stopwatch. Uh, played by Tom Poston. And they broke the mold when they made Tom Poston's face. Oh, yeah. He's got such an expressive, uh, unique face. Uh, but it, he just looks lovable. He looks like a lovable giant. He was so good on Newhart. Yes. Yeah. Is the handyman George. Yes. Yep. And Chelsea, who were you uh, leaning towards on this recast? So he, he's not so much a giant, but he is super lovable, mm -hmm. and I love him. Uh, he was in The Suicide Squad, Free Guy, Jojo Rabbit. I went with Taika Waititi. Taika Waititi. I think uh, he could do a good job in the he role. He do anything. I know. I he love really him. He really can. Uh, wow. Uh, Sean, your pick. All right, this is my favorite recast of the week because I've never recast him before. Really? But I also learned that he is an accomplished writer. He's 51 years old, and you would know him from Orange County. Mm -hmm. He was also a writer. Uh, you would know him from Freaks and Geeks, mm -hmm. maybe. Uh, Pushing Daisies. But most people would know him, uh, which he was a writer, on School of Rock as Ned Schneebly. <gasps> It's Mike White. Oh wow! Mike White, show me a show me a closer picture. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Oh, this guy, Ned Schneebly. Do you know who he looks like? Tom Poston. He looks like a more <laughs> he looks like a more buttoned down Macklemore. Okay, the rapper Macklemore. Yeah. My pick is 49. Now he was in the Royal Tenenbaums. He was in Old School and Idiocracy. His name's Luke Wilson cop out no, yeah, i'm kidding that I, was a good pick <laughs> he I was in he was illegally blonde too mm -hmm. which i just watched this past week lots of connections i i think that it's going to be more about his um delivery and his his presentation of and the not role. sounding like his brother and not sounding like his brother and also he's not going to be playing tom poston he's going to be playing the character that's of, what I did with Taika, yes. and I did it better. Of Mr. Edgar. Oh, I forgot to do my uh, my Joey Pool thing of every time saying that. Uh, now, just remember, it was keeping with my theme. Reimagination. Re my theme. I re did you have any it. Sabrina characters? <laughs> no Sabrina characters. We love, what you. About, we love you, Joey. We love you, Joey. What about. Um, so, I've been watching Riverdale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so final thoughts on the Cold Turkey movie. <laughs> It's good. It's yes. good. You should watch it. It's very funny. If you like character comedies, this is a, a great example because every single character, much like the werewolf within movie we watched yeah, recently, for like sure. everybody took their characters and really worked their mm -hmm. angle. I mean, from the old lady at the border to mm -hmm. the guy that was in charge of the border gate. Yes. I mean, there are some great little nuggets yep. in this whole fucking film. Yeah. Um, I'm glad that we did this one second. Yeah, yeah. Me, me too. Because on a high it, it's, it's a really good film that I had never heard of. Uh, but Same. You, you had heard of it before? Yeah, I'd seen, I'd seen chunks of it. And also, we're getting close to Thanksgiving, and leftover cold turkey is really good. If you it's dip it so in, good. <laughs> dip it in Dijon mustard. No, and Swiss chalet sauce. I'm going to be dipping it in Swiss chalet sauce. Because <laughs> you guys bought a gross of <laughs> Swiss chalet, a 55 gallon drum. We're carrying it no, over the border. Uh, they don't use gallons in Canada. It would be a 124 liter, liter drum. <laughs> that I'm good at math. Liter uh, of cola. So, 
We have a bonus segment. Oh, God. Cool. It's going to be a battle of the bobs. Bob Newhart. A battle royale between Dr. Robert Hartley versus Dick Loudon versus Bob McKay. All right. Listen, fuckers. If not all of you choose Dr. Robert Hartley, Mm -hmm. I will fucking cut you. I'm picking Dick Loudon. Fuck you. You're dead. That's the one I'm familiar with. Well, here here, here you go. You are fucking dead. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Calm. By picking Dick Loudon, you are picking Dr. Robert Hartley. No, they're not. Because it was revealed on the final episode that it was all a dream. That Newhart was all a dream and he's actually just Dr. Robert Hartley? Yes. Oh, wow. So we all picked. Dr. Robert Hartley. Why? Which one did you pick? Dr. Robert Hartley. Okay, good. Oh, so Bob is one of his later sitcoms. Well, he's a comic book artist, which I thought was kind of... I keep trying to buy it on Amazon. And then he also did Ted and Leo? Something and Leo with um, Hirsch, Judd Hirsch. You're thinking of Ted, Leo, and the Pharmacist. Yeah. Alternative band. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we did it, you guys. We want to go ahead and wrap up. I want to thank you, Chelsea, for being here. And is there anything you want to plug? I would like to plug ABBA's Back Together. They're releasing an album. Now we're back together again. That's not an ABBA song. Um, And everyone should buy it. Okay. Sean? I have no plugs. Thank this you week. for doing all that you do in terms of production and engineering and just like keeping the ship sailing in the right direction. Uh, no plugs? I don't think so. He no. plugs Dr. Robert Hartley, Bob Newhart. <laughs> Bob Love Newhart. him. <laughs> and um, next week, there is no episode. It is a bye week, but I there is trivia next week. There's just not a podcast next Correct. week. Correct. Uh, you'll be out of town on business, but I did go ahead and do a sneak preview trivia question and answer uh, in honor of the late, great Ed Asner. We love you, Lou. So, question. Ed Asner was a member of this improvisational cabaret review, a predecessor to the famed Second City of Chicago. And it's the blank blank. The Windy Citizens. That's pretty good, dude. That's pretty good. But no. The Compass Players. The Compass Players. That's a good question, but hard. I like my answer better. I do, Mm -hmm. too. All right, but I still so, love you, Luke Grant. Oh, I want to plug my new my new punk rock band. You sent me. What did you say? The haves and the have Nazis. And I replied, "Slow work day." <laughs> but it's also just a riff on my joke about when you visit Germany, it's not what you're seeing; it's what you're not seeing. <laughs> That's good. We want to go ahead and plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. We are also hosted online on podbean.com. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter and Instagram, and also uh, facebook.com slash Cinema Chop Shop. If you feel like emailing us for whatever reason, like weird sales pitches, um, email us at- Just just your problems. Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com. Also, uh, the beers that we checked in today, we'll check those in on Untapped, should I remember. And also, the audio of this episode will be on our YouTube channel. That's Cinema Chop Shop Podcast on YouTube. Is that about do the all the plugs? Yeah. All right. We want to thank you, the listeners. Don't forget to get that vax. Otherwise, social distance and wear a mask. And please remember to watch, watch chop. chop. 
retrofit. I almost said rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs>